Hi, everybody. Welcome to my home again for what we call Fireside Chats. I'm Dennis Prager. Great to be with you. Light up my cigar. It is my house, by the way. Just want you to know you should all read the article in Slate about how insignificant secondhand smoke is, which I have argued for the last 20 years. Anyway, welcome. Great to have you in my home. Got a lot to talk to you about. Mmm. What? Mmm. Really good. Mmm. Right away, it is not Cuban for those of you into cigars. Not for political reasons. I don't like them as much as Nicaraguan. Or Honduran. Or Dominican. Anyway, hi. So listen, I just got back uh, from two weeks in China, Korea, and Japan. I took uh, about 110 of my radio listeners from around the country. I've been doing this for 25 years, uh, taking cruises with my uh, listeners. By the way, the shake on the camera was caused by our bulldog, Otto. It is a shame you can't see him. Although, on the other hand, he is so enticing and hilarious, you wouldn't listen to me. You would just be looking at him. So it's probably a good thing he's not on camera. That He has a truly funny face. So for 25 years I've been doing this. I've been traveling for 40. And uh, I've been to 130 countries. By the way, it's the only thing I brag about. I, I admit it. It's total brag. I'm proud of it. I think that's better than brag. Because... Uh, it takes an effort. Remember, I'm not a travel agent. I have a full-time job. So it, it, it's not easy to get to that many countries. But I've been to China, Japan, and Korea in the past. I love visiting there. Something I want to tell you is fascinating. And then I want to talk to you about travel. I was in China only once before, the year after Mao Zedong, the greatest mass murderer in history, died. And China then was like North Korea today, a completely controlled totalitarian state. And now it was, it's still, it's still a, 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 an authoritarian state. It's still a dictatorship of the party, but it's no comparison. Every one of my translators and guides uh, spoke about what nonsense communism was, how the party was corrupt. And they, they, they weren't afraid to do so. Now, it's a closed society. The, you know, the internet is Chinese and they, they, they don't allow uh, dissent uh, in the country. But privately, you could say what you want. And that was not the case under Mao. There's a new world there. It's amazing. There's another thing I want to tell you. And that is this. China was so poor that when I was a child, my mother actually would say to me, finish your food, don't waste food, there, the, there are kids starving in China. That was the, they didn't use India, they didn't, my mother didn't use Africa, people used China. And, and she was right to, people were starving. And now, uh, there's, I mean, there are still a lot of poor people in China, it's a billion, 300 million people. But I, you, you have to understand, it is now a major power in the world. There are traffic jams in every city in China. Traffic jams of pretty good cars. It's a, it's a, unbelievable the, the amount of wealth that is there now. And you know why? 
There's only one reason. What do you think it is? I'll give you a moment. Capitalism. If you're against capitalism, you are for poverty. The people who are against capitalism think that they're moral. They're actually immoral. They have no concern for the poor. They think they have concern for the poor. There has only been one method, one economic method of lifting people from poverty in the history of mankind, and that has been capitalism. So even under a, a, a dictatorship of a party, as in communist China, you could still get rich with capitalism. Now, if they had even more freedom, they'd even get richer. But but it, it, it's, it's a phenomenon. Wherever it has been tried, that is what has lifted people from poverty. Socialism is an economic dead end. Over time, it must collapse because socialism is a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme is where you take money from people to pay for the previous people, but eventually you run out of people to pay for the previous people. And that is what is happening in Europe. That is the reason they took in so many immigrants from the Middle East and North Africa, was because they didn't have enough people to support the socialist type, democratic socialist type of economics that they had established. So it's quite something to see this in Japan. Now tell, let me tell you a little about Japan and Korea. Japan and Korea were also quite poor. Korea, certainly. And neither had any tradition of uh, democracy. Do you know uh, why they are both free and prosperous countries? I drive a Korean car. I drive a Korean luxury car. Who would have ever thought that? Korean luxury car competing with Mercedes, Audi, Lexus. How could that be? Not just capitalism. In the case of Japan and Korea, there's another major factor. U.S. troops are stationed there. You're a very lucky country if America has troops in your country. Ask the Germans, ask the Japanese, ask the Koreans. And you're an unlucky country if American troops leave your country. Ask the Iraqis. This is all the opposite of what you learn in college, the very opposite, that we keep troops for the sake of American imperialism. It's part of the, the world of lies that pervade our universities. It is a major problem in all of the West. One more thing. It takes an effort to travel. Packing is a pain. Unpacking is a pain. Leaving your house is uncomfortable. Most people are comfortable in their homes. Most people are not as comfortable in a place where they can't even read the alphabet, like Japan, like Korea, like China. But when you do it, it is life-altering. I am a much better person. I am, a, a, I think, a wiser person because I have traveled so much. It enables you to see the human condition. And that's a big deal. When I was a kid, I had a dream. I had a lot of dreams and I have actually been blessed to fulfill virtually every one of them. One of my dreams was this. 
I wanted, whenever I would hear the name of a place, of a country, in the news, for example, I wanted it to be real. I didn't want it to be just a name. And I've been able to do that. Once you've been to a place, it's not a name anymore. It's a place. You think of people. And it's a powerful experience. So I just want to tell you that foreign travel and indeed domestic travel, I've been to all 50 states. There's a wonderful part of life. Good to be back though. Always nice to get home. So time for your questions. The first question is from Gareth, a conservative in New Zealand. Dennis, I agree with a lot of American conservative views, but don't agree with conservative positions on gun control or the death penalty. Please explain your positions and passion regarding those issues. Well, I can, I, it would take me the better part of hours actually uh, to explain uh, them, but I'll, I'll, I will nevertheless do it in a nutshell. First, on the issue of gun control, everybody is for gun control. The issue is not whether I'm for gun control, it's whether I'm for gun ownership. That's what the, that's the unique American belief that honorable citizens, that decent people should have the right to protect themselves, their families, their neighbors. And that is, a, that is a, an utterly long-standing American tradition. So let me ask you a question, Gareth, in New Zealand. Imagine a terrorist, domestic or foreign, terrorist, a bad person, wants to shoot children. There are two schools. One school has a sign and the sign says, gun-free zone. No guns here. The other school has a sign, we have teachers who are armed, beware. Which school would you go to if you wanted to shoot children? Just a thought. I'm a big believer that common sense can solve 98.4% of all human problems. As for, uh, as for uh, capital punishment, this one I am even more passionate about. The thought to me that a person who commits a heinous murder, and, and by heinous murder, all murders are heinous, we generally reserve the death penalty for particularly heinous ones where there's torture, where there's rape, where there's uh, terror. Uh, I don't mean as in terrorism, where a person is terrorized. The thought that somebody who, who shot up a church like this, this guy in America, uh, Dylan Roof, I think his name is, shot up people in a church. Why should he be allowed to live? I don't know. I don't even I've never understood the argument. I understand all the arguments. There might be an innocent person and uh, and uh, that's really the only one that I understand. Uh, but why is it right that if I take your life, I'm allowed to keep my own? If I take your bicycle, is it right that I'm allowed to keep my bicycle while you don't have a bicycle? Isn't that it's so elementary? I, I, I don't and what I've just said is not sim is, is simple, but not simplistic. Why is it right that I can keep my life after I took yours wantonly? 
I have many other arguments and they're written in my book of essays, Think a Second Time. I have an essay there on capital punishment. Johnny, Dennis, what are your thoughts on the Republicans' health care plan? Is it sufficiently free market enough for you? How does it compare to the Affordable Care Act? My thoughts, I tweeted it out today. By the way, guys, if people want to get my tweets, what do they just go at uh, Dennis Prager? Exactly. God, is that easy. Uh, anyway, I tweeted out today uh, uh, just a very simple thought on this. The best is the enemy of the better. If you want something that is perfect, you will never get anything that is better. So I, well, it's not perfect. It's not, it can't be. So much damage has been done to the healthcare system by the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, that it will take a long time to undo this damage. And you can't do it overnight. And they will, you have to have political compromise. You, you, you just, uh, it doesn't work to have the ideal. The ideal can't be imposed immediately. I wish it could. Okay, Elliot, Dennis, how, how do you recommend I deal with people suffering from Trump derangement syndrome? People who believe that he's a danger to everyone except white Republican males. Here's, here's a thought. Okay, here's a thought. We're first a pop. Mm. Oh God, is that yummy? Uh, here's a here's a thought. Somebody who says that they're a danger to anybody except the what was that? Republican white males? Yeah. Okay. Well, I should have my wife who's a Republican white female answer the question, but nevertheless. Uh, I would um, I would say to them this. The man has four years as president. At what point will you acknowledge that he has not been dangerous for everyone except Republican white males? In other words, are you have to give me your parameters. If X, Y, or Z doesn't happen to everybody else, then will you say you were wrong? If you can't be wrong, then there's nothing to discuss. Then we have left the world of reason and entered the world of passion. I, I can't, I can, obviously can't deal with that with reason. So what damage to other people do you predict? And if it does not happen in what period of time will you acknowledge that you were panicked for no good reason? Dennis, the new head of the EPA is called a science denier because he's skeptical about the climate change theory. How would you respond to people who call him a science denier? Well, if he's a science denier, so is Richard Lindzen, the leading climatologist in the U.S., a professor at, uh, at uh, MIT. See, watch the video or read anything. We have a video of Richard Lindzen at uh, Prager University. Correct, guys? Uh, MIT professor. For, for Until he was a skeptic on this matter, he was universally considered the greatest climatologist in the United States. You have no idea how many scientists don't buy the whole theory. Is the world getting warmer? May well be. It's gotten warmer and colder all throughout the history of Earth before humans arrived, before carbon emissions arrived. So uh, you've been sold a bill of goods that 97%, we have a video on that too at Prague University. The whole 97% thing is a fraud. I promise you it is a fraud. Now, does that mean that the, 
Bjorn Lomborg has made a number of videos for us, the, the Danish expert on these matters. And uh, he says the world is getting warmer. And, I, and he says, I think carbon dioxide is making it warmer. However, all these solutions are making the world worse. I don't care what you think about carbon dioxide. I care what policy you want to make. That's the issue for Pruitt. So, but, so if you differ with their policies, you're called a science denier. By the way, I was called a science denier many years ago when I said that heterosexual AIDS in America was, was way overblown. And it was. It was a lie. It's a very tiny element of, of AIDS in the United States, heterosexual AIDS. It was, it was overwhelmingly gay men. Gay women were the least likely group to get uh, AIDS. It was overwhelmingly gay men and intravenous drug users and their partners. It was not heterosexually induced uh, almost ever in comparison to those two groups. Doctors said I should be removed from the radio because what do I know about science? They were wrong. The politicization of science in my lifetime has been a very bad thing, like secondhand smoke. That's one of the reasons I'm so angry about secondhand smoke. It's politicized science. It's a, a fraud and a lie that 50,000 Americans a year die from secondhand smoke. But because they want people to stop smoking, they said it's okay to lie on behalf of a great value, stopping people smoking. So I got to tell you, scientists, unfortunately, are as likely to be affected by ideology as non-scientists, and that is a very big problem. Read God and the Astronomers, a book by uh, Robert Jastrow, who, God bless him, what an amazing man. Man was an agnostic, secular agnostic. He was the head of the Goddard Space Center at NASA, huge astronomer. And he wrote a book, God and the Astronomers, how the astronomers reacted to the Big Bang Theory they were depressed by it because it went against their belief that the universe always existed. It's a you could read it in an hour. It's a very short book, but it's very powerful. God and the Astronomers. Beth, hi Beth, how you doing? Dennis, I heard the author of Reason to Vote for Democrats on your show today. It's now the number one best-selling book on Amazon. Did you read the entire book? What did you think of it? Now, I'm not sure if this is a serious question or not, but remember the point of it is there is nothing in the book. There's just 256 pages that are blank. That's reasons to vote for Democrats. It's, it's a joke. It's a funny joke. So did I read the book? Yeah. But you can read the book in, in under 10 seconds. That's the point. So it's cute. It's, it's just something to have in the house. And people, and it is, it's a funny thing. Jennifer, hi Jennifer. I have some concerns about your video regarding men and the power of the visual. You know, funny, by the way, that video, my, I, I did that one. I only do about 15% of the Prague University videos. Uh, uh, men and the power of the visual, I just saw, yes, that's right. It was just written up in a major Greek newspaper where the guy uh, saw it and said, if you want to understand men, you must see this video. Because, of course, it's true for Greece, it's true for Ghana, it's true for wherever men exist. By the way, heterosexual as well as homosexual. 
gay men are, are the visual is just as powerful to gay men except that what they're looking at are men <coughs> gay men are as interested in looking at uh, unclad men as straight men are in un looking at unclad women for us the visual is the arousal mechanism it's not the only one but it's the primary one <clears throat> that's not true for women the mind is emotions are speech is money is fame is women women's arousal mechanism is far more complex than men's that's just the way it is i would love to talk to you because i don't know what your concerns are your concern well i think i do i think your concern is here actually you did write it i'm I'm otherwise a big PragerU fan, but this video seems to excuse men's leering thoughts. Well, leering is leering. Being, being aroused visually is being aroused visually. I am not defending men staring at women. Looking, yep. Staring is rude. I mean, that's, that's just rude, obviously. But... Uh, if that's what you mean in other words if you're out on a date with a man and he spends most of the time looking at the women walking into the restaurant he's rude uh, so that that's that's an, it's that has nothing to do with sexual arousal that has to do with common decency you you look at the person you're talking to uh, but uh, uh, but beyond that that the visual is what does it now it's not possible this I'm convinced it is not possible for a woman to fully appreciate the power of the visual on on males it's just it's asking it would be like asking me to relate to an orangutan it's it's it, that's why I've always said it's far harder for women to fully understand male sexuality than it is for men to understand female sexuality as complex as women are reputed to be in this regard it's not a matter of complexity it's just how different we males are, are but remember it's not induced by society it's induced by our nature and the proof is gay men they are just as likely to be visually aroused so watch the video with an open mind and if you're married talk to your husband about it because if men can be open about their sexual nature to their wives or girlfriends that will open them up to truly talk to you men hide who they are because they're embarrassed or afraid of how their wife or girlfriend will react and that's not a good thing nathan how you doing nathan after returning from your trip to Asia, did you draw any conclusions from those nations' immigration systems that we in America can learn from? Just see my column. My, my nationally syndicated column comes out every Tuesday. It's at my website. It's at Town Hall. It's at National Review and many other websites. And uh, my last, last week's was on that very subject. I, I wrote it from Japan. I asked my Japanese guide... Oh yeah, this is what happened. A Japanese guide, I don't know, was she about 35 years years old? And uh, I said to her, how come there's so little crime in Japan? And without missing a beat, she just looked at me and said, because we don't allow anybody in. <laughs> so read my, uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't allow anybody in, of course not. 
America is a land of immigrants, unlike Japan, but it's a land, it's a nation of immigrants who assimilated. The left forgets the rest of the sentence. If they don't assimilate, we will break up. It will be the end of the United States. It can only be a land of immigrants if people all become American in values. It's not a racial thing because there's no such thing as an American race. It's what's happening in Europe. Vast numbers of Muslim immigrants are not taking on Western values and the countries are truly threatened in terms of their uh, meaningful existence. Is that the last one? I'm still on Nathan. Really? Yeah. So I'll try to. I can't. I don't. I can't go up. It's the uh, WikiLeaks dump. Okay. You want to read it to me? Because it's sure. there's nothing happening. So Julie's asking after the uh, WikiLeaks dump of what are supposedly secret CIA documents. It appears possible that the CIA's hacking abilities could include getting into any device with an internet connection. If true, would that concern Yes, it does concern me if, if the uh, the CIA can get into anything. However, the I've always said I was never against the NSA trolling billions of calls for terror. I was never against it, and I'm a big believer in privacy. But I always said if it's ever misused, it ends my support. It's like It's like entrusting people with a very powerful weapon. If they misuse it, then we can't entrust them with it. And final question, Alex. Hi, Alex. What are your thoughts on Donald Trump's use of Twitter? My thoughts are, I care infinitely more what he does than what he tweets. And that's it. That That's, that's how I have worked my way around some of the uh, more uh, odd tweets that have come from him and that's fine he vents let him vent in the meantime as I said on my radio show today I, I quoted a New York Times piece published yesterday that uh, the number of illegal immigrants has already declined by th over a third and he's only in office two months not even two months and another article from powerline about how the jobs report has surprised ec economists because so many companies are hiring people optimistic that trump uh, the trump administration will reduce regulations on businesses so they're hiring more and more people that's what matters not the tweets so i'm delighted that you tuned in is that the word or that you're viewing that you're with me so uh, don't forget to see as many PragerU videos as possible because I truly believe that if you watched every PragerU video we're now about at, at 150 if you watched every one of them and truly learned them I mean because watching them once is not enough but if you did I truly believe that you would leave those 150 afterwards you would leave much much more intelligent much wiser much more understanding about the world and human nature and all these related subjects than four years at Harvard 
I truly do believe that. Now, if you want to study medicine, PragerU will not help you. If you want to study law, if you want to study physics, I understand that, where there are specific body of data. But if you want to understand life and the world, I think you should watch the videos. Thanks for being with me. Until next week, I'm Dennis Prager. Take care.